following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, December 2nd, 2019, Season 15, Episode number 92. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and we've got so much to talk about today. We are not only going to start getting you guys ready for the upcoming game, Cowboys versus Bears, this Thursday, but because we haven't been on the air since Thanksgiving, we Don't still got to go back and do talk. We? Yes, we do. It's oh, just like man. the game film. You got to go back and talk Quick. about it and and uh, talk about what happened on Thanksgiving Day. Cowboys lose to the Buffalo Bills 26-15. And something that happened yesterday, the Philadelphia Eagles also get a loss. So Cowboys maintain a one-game lead in the division. No one's really battling to keep that that to get that spot uh in the playoffs and win this division, but that may actually end up working towards the Cowboys' advantage. I told Shannon Gross this morning that the NFC East is like that mangy dog that's running around the, the street. Nobody wants it. Like it's like, oh, it would be nice to have a dog, but not that one. It's like nobody wants the NFC East. Like, no, you take it. Here, we lost to the Bills. Go ahead and beat the Dolphins. Nah, we're not gonna beat the Dolphins. We're good. Yeah. Nobody wants this. This division. It's the worst division in football. This division exists every year. Like, there's Somebody. all. But I didn't think it would be the East this year. I didn't either. I, really I thought didn't. at least the Cowboys and the Eagles would have a nice That's battle cool. and they'd be in the. In I the think hunt. we all well, they thought. They got it. a nice battle. <laughs> maybe. Nice maybe not. Is a, yeah, yeah, nice depends on. There's your... a battle. I don't know if it's a nice battle. Which I get. I mean, I thought it would be a two team race. I didn't think Washington or New York was really equipped to compete, but, right. you know. I Are thought... they out of it yet? Not mathematically, no. <laughs> Which, that's the funny part, That tells right? you everything. They're 2-9, and nine and they're not mathematically out of it. Yeah. That's not great, Bob. Not not great at all. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, I want to start first by talking about this game, Cowboys versus Bills. Man, it was a tough day, but when you go back and you look at the statistics afterwards, I'm having a hard time feeling out, putting my, putting my finger on exactly what the problem was. So it's like the rest of the season. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Coaching. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's look at this. Dak was 32 of 49, 65% completion rate. He had 355 uh, passing yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Zeke had 19 total touches, 137 yards, 5.9 average on the ground. Amari had 8 for 85. Like It looked like statistically, offensively, the ball was moving. Cowboys were picking up yards. What do you guys think was the problem offensively with this team? They suck in Thursday. the red zone. And and they their offensive line doesn't push anybody around. They don't even try anymore. First and goal from the nine, four straight passes. Dak is really good in between the twenties, but I don't think he's really that great this year in the red zone. That's one of the things that he's struggled at. They don't throw the ball well in there, and they don't even attempt to run, which takes away any play action opportunities. They get down there, they're they're not very good. And I think the fans and the media basically forced Jason Garrett last week to not kick the field goal and go for it on fourth and nine. Just because of what happened the week before and all that, I really think the smart play was to kick the field goal. Either way, it doesn't matter, but I just think right now they're just trying to find answers and they don't have them. I still can't figure out 
why they haven't been able to find a solution for the red zone, that it's something that they were struggling with last year. And then for this year, we were thinking, oh, well, Jason Witten, he's going to be able to help in the red zone. Having Travis Frederick back, that's going to be a big thing for the Cowboys with the line and what he does there at center. And none of that has really changed anything. I mean, they're still unable to get inside the red zone past that, getting to the end zone and getting points. And then I'm sure we'll talk about Brent Maher. But now, I mean, when you don't got a kicker making those field goals, then you're really screwed up. How about pressing as a number? I mean, one of many issues, but I thought they were pressing and it killed them in this game. Uh, Try to set up the screen to Tony Pollard. It's not there at all. Any quarterback that's, you know, a college quarterback knows to throw that at the guy's feet. Dak tried to turn it into a play anyway. He's picked off by a D tackle. That kind of starts the snowball that turns into an avalanche of bad stuff happening. Same thing on the strip sack, uh, which, you know, you can criticize Xavier Suofilo. You know, he comes in and, what, it was his first or second snap? Second snap. Mm-hmm. Second snap after he comes in for Connor Williams. Got beat on the first snap as well, though. Just he, didn't turn I mean, into they, a disaster. They had result. a rough day against that Oliver maybe you pointed that out in the press box you know maybe I didn't give him enough credit for being a top 10 pick he he is not a starter for that team but he certainly <laughs> looked like a top 10 pick yeah. uh he abused he abused the interior of that line point being you can criticize the offensive line if you want to and they deserve it but the reason that strip sack happened is Dak was fixated on the long ball to Michael Gallup. I mean, he was hanging in there waiting for it to come open. It felt like an eternity. So, again, two plays that probably don't happen if you're not trying to press for the big play. And, uh, and those two plays, you know, you can never single out one or two plays. But like I said, that kind of starts the snowball effect where, you know, one minute you're like, man, they kind of slowed down and then five minutes later you're like holy crap they're not in this game anymore like what happened and i think you know that's just two big flashpoints that i think were a big part of it you guys have any faith that any of the problems you just pointed out are fixable this season well i mean yeah they're fixable because this team i mean somebody's got to go eight and eight right you know somebody has to do it in all of the nfl so there's great teams there's really bad teams and then there's teams right there in the middle and this is what dallas is and they haven't beat anybody with a winning record. They don't have to. They don't have to beat anyone with a winning record. Really, they could beat the the, the Bears. Uh, they could even lose to the Rams. But they beat the Eagles and the Redskins. I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs. Actually, they can lose both those they games. Can lose both they those can games. lose both of the next two games as long as they beat the Eagles and the Redskins. Which, by the way, what have they done all year? Yep. They've beaten the NFC. Yeah, if they just keep being who they are, they yep. will get in the playoffs. Now, Cowboys, it's not good enough. Obviously, it's not playoffs. right. It's not, but. Yeah, that tells you how bad the NFC East is. Cowboys fans took issue with me yesterday because I said they have a commanding lead in the division. They're like, it's one game with a month to play. That's not commanding. If all you have to do is beat a middling Eagles team and a bad Redskins team to make the playoffs, it sounds pretty commanding to me. Like I said all last week, the Bills game didn't matter. These two games mathematically don't matter anymore because of what the Eagles did yesterday. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you would prefer to get on a roll. Getting into the playoffs at 8-8 eight and eight isn't going to make anybody happy, and it's not going to give you confidence that they can make a run. But from a mathematical standpoint, all they have to do is win those two division games and they can make the playoffs. It's amazing. And if the Eagles somehow lose to the Giants next week and the Cowboys beat the the Bears, I mean, it is really all but over because you know then you can just lose to the Eagles. It doesn't matter because you've got to – Assuming you beat the Redskins at the right. last game, and the Redskins beat the you know Carolina, I mean, you not know. just beat them, beat the brakes off of them. Oh, about eight, 
But if you watch the game, like they were they were beating them. Oh, okay. Like that was mm-hmm. not a I don't think that was a game where the score really reflected how well the Redskins fourth played, and how goal bad from the five the with Carolinas like thirty played. seconds to go. They were trying to yeah. to tie the game, but they took a thirty yard sack. It's yeah. fun. like I said, every year this happens, like the Vikings and the Panthers and the Bears and the Rams and the Seahawks are all like fuming that some mediocre NFC East team is gonna host a playoff <laughs> game. Whereas, you know, what three years ago, or what you know, the thirteen and three year, you know, the Giants went what twelve and four and had to go on the road in the playoffs. I mean, happens every year. Yeah, you know, and every year we talk about the schedule and we're like, man, there's, there's going to be a few teams that aren't as good as you think they are. So don't don't sit here and go, oh my god, we got to play the Bears. Maybe the Bears aren't going to be good. Maybe the Rams aren't going to be good. Maybe the Cowboys aren't going to be good. It, it turned out to be the Cowboys and the Eagles is the two teams that aren't as good. As you thought they would be. Or the Bears. Like they're yeah, they're probably about four teams. The Rams probably be in the same boat. Yeah. Like they're not as good as anybody thought they were gonna be after coming off a year where they went to the Super Bowl. But the 49ers, you know, are, yeah. are, are really good and the Packers are better than they were last year. So I mean it always happens. Vikings that as way. well. Yeah. Vikings. Yeah. All right. Uh talk talk to me a little bit about Brett Maher. Uh Amber, you brought him up. He missed two field goals in that game, one of them being tipped which just adds to the issues that they're having as a special teams unit. Uh, that was the 35-yarder, but he also missed a 47-yarder. Cowboys had a, a workout yesterday, brought in three kickers. Tell me about, like, right now, what do you think as far as the Cowboys are looking at their kicker position? Do you think that a change is imminent? And if not, what do you think would have to happen for them to actually make a change? I think I think it's right there. You know, this is you just miss against the the Bears, and you have any kind of struggles against the Bears. You know, if they liked what they saw um, yesterday, I'm not sure if they they did, but if they like that, and they think okay, we have a contingency plan that we like. If he if he struggles again, boom. I mean, you should have never gotten to this point. You think they should have made a change a long time ago? I mean, when I go back, and I understand that that's just the position. It's easier. You can easily just bring someone in, plug him in, blah, blah. But when you go back to training camp and just not bringing someone in when you know the struggles that he had the year before, it's just like, why does he need to get to this point of the season for you to bring in three guys to try them out and see how they do? It just it doesn't make any sense to me. And I... It, when would you know. have cut him? When, when would you have cut him? It like, but at, but at least bringing someone to just check them out and, and add some competition to Maher. Like, let him know, yes, you have his back, but be on your toes. Like, I don't think he's dumb or blind either for when he makes those kinds of mistakes. But it's very different when you have somebody next to you kicking the ball as to not having anybody and you're the only one kicking, you know? I, I don't know about that. Not a kicker. I don't agree with that because I think most kickers will tell you that they're competing with guys on the street all the time because you can just swat. You know. I would argue, though, if the Cowboys were going to do this, I think they waited too long, honestly. Uh, oh, because most guys are. I mean, there there Kai, was a, Kai Forbath. There was a small <laughs> pool of guys who have done it before that has been available on and off throughout the season. Kai Forbath, Young Hoku is another one. He's uh, kicking pretty. Playing well yeah. for Atlanta. He's 12 of 14 on the year. Um, those guys are gone. Uh, Nick Rose, your guy, Longhorn, only one of the three that they worked out with NFL experience. He went 11 of 14 two years ago. The other two, um, Tristan Vizcayano and um, oh, uh, Austin McGinnis, both haven't. I think McGinnis kicked it in the 
the AAF, you know, in the spring, but he's never kicked in a regular season NFL game. Yeah. And and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, uh, nothing. So Viz Viz Kayano, Viz, however, yeah. you know, sorry if I mispronounced it. He went he went 12 of 20 in his final season at Washington. So that's college. And I'm just like, is, is that definitively better no. than what you got? So I agree. I mean, if they were going to do this, they should have done it when they had a more viable option. Um, I'd like that, to see that blocked, though. And like, yeah, I know it got blocked before the half, but that thing went really far. So like, like it, it might have gotten blocked, but I don't, I don't know if it was headed through the uprights, anyways. I'm, you know, it's been four days. Like, you kind of have a chance to get over the knee jerk, and you know, I'm not as worked up about this as I was on Friday. But let's talk about the decision making process on that drive in the first place. Yeah, that's terrible. You get the ball back with like a minute and a half, no urgency whatsoever. You just very deliberately let all the time bleed off the clock, which I get. You don't want to give the Bills the ball back, but they had three timeouts and really didn't put themselves in position to do better than a field goal attempt with a kicker that they don't really trust. And they even especially at that range set up the field goal purposefully with a throw to the right hash, yeah. which is where we know he's not good. It's almost right. like they're stubborn with the with you know with with him. They're yeah. like, no, we're not gonna I mean call timeout. Witten can and I kind of disagree with you there because if you just look at where the the Bills were doing, they were not going to give anything other than a field goal. I mean they were playing almost prevent in the end zone, no shots to the end zone. They're just going to give you three points. But call timeout and just run Witten for ten yards. He could have done that on any hash. I now that goes to another problem. If your kicker has to be on a certain hash, <laughs> you got a problem, and you do. And I I agree with you. I would probably make this move. I really would. I, I'd find somebody. I don't know who. Maybe anybody that's kicked in the NFL before, maybe I would do that because the guy has absolutely no confidence. Which I is think why I would just go full Kevin Kelly, which is the Arkansas high school coach who never kicks. At, like that's his claim to fame. Like he doesn't punt. He doesn't kick. I would just operate as if I can't make a field goal unless it's from 60 or plus yards. Hey, guys, is there – That's what I would do. Is there any role that stubbornness plays in this? The fact that Maher is the guy that you let Dan Bailey walk for? The fact that maybe they can move on from Maher but they don't want to be wrong again? I don't agree with that because your head coach has no contract, so he needs to win games. And like now, he is stubborn. There's no doubt about yeah, it. But I, I don't think, think to the fault of that. I, I, think, I think he wants to cut him. Look, listen to the press conference. I mean, he wanted to cut him. I yeah. don't think the Cowboys do, but I think some of the coaches. Jeff Heath doesn't need his shoulders that's, to the kick. <laughs> that's the thing. I even said that in the press box. The worst part is Heath can't go out there and kick an extra. You know what? What? Just have Heath kick an extra point if you need to. I mean. If it was five yard, ten yards and in, I'd I'd trot Jeff out there. This but, team can't make a two point conversion to save their life. So yeah. I mean, yeah. you just talking about their red zone. So I don't think I don't think they want to be right about Dan. Like that's so far, yeah. that's so water under the bridge. But I think they want to be right in the sense that they're like, well, he's got this leg, he's made these kicks, like blah 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 blah, and, and there's nobody, and better. there's not a lot of better options. So yeah. I do think stubbornness is part of it, but not necessarily because of Dan Bailey. But if you just look at how he performed last season, he was toward the bottom of the league in percentage of field goals made. So I agree with Amber from the standpoint, I think during training camp, whether you were bringing him in for competition or not, I would have legitimately had a kicking competition. Like I would have legitimately brought in somebody who I thought could kick more reliably from – all the way from the goal line to 40 yards. I would have brought in that guy, and then I would have made a decision. I'll take the guy. I know what he's going to do. 
in in those kind of situations, and it's really, really iffy when you get beyond 50, then take a guy that I know can maybe make a 62-yarder, but it's really, really iffy 30 to 40. I, I would just rather have the knowledge of being able to rely on my kicker in certain situations, and I don't think the Cowboys have that right now. Like, yes, all day, every day, give me the guy that's automatic or close to it from closer than 45 because, yeah. honest, I mean – Maher's leg gets them in trouble in the first place because you're like, well, we know he can make it from 62. 57, go! And then yeah. you're doing stupid stuff that sets your opponent up at midfield anyway if yeah. he misses. And I just don't know that, you know, the fact that he can hit those kicks is not as valuable as as maybe some people want it to be. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk about the offensive line. We mentioned it a little bit earlier. Ed Oliver had some uh, exposed some issues, and now – an offensive lineman is done for the year. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this... the Seek Geek app and let's go. Seek Geek. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Ready? Okay. Give me an S. S. Give me an O. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Talking about the Cowboys' loss to the Buffalo Bills. They lose 26 to uh, 19 and 15. it was our 15 26 15 giving them four points yeah there. it was i was trying to help them out but it was a game that uh by and large even with the score ending up where it was it, it wasn't really that close in my opinion it looked like the cowboys uh were struggling most of the day other than the first series of course which they got off to a fast start give them credit for that but then everything kind of went south it really like and and i don't know maybe it's reckless like because I, you know, I can't gauge their their hustle. I'm not saying they weren't trying, but like it's so weird that the one time, the one time they really came out gangbusters. I mean, touchdown on the first drive, defense got off the field quick on the first Bills possession, and then they just went flat. It's almost like had a 30 yard run on that next possession. Yeah, and after that, 
watching that, it was almost like they were like, all right, we solved this we flat start thing. <laughs> and then they were they like forgot that there's 50 more it's minutes like, of football right. to play. It's yeah. like this guy that I've heard use this analogy a thousand times this year about holding Jello in his hand. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Jerry loves to say, sure. you hold Jello in your hand, you get a little bit here, but then it spills out over here. and then. Oh, that was that game completely. Yeah. You start My, thinking like you got one thing fixed, and before you know it, one time, longest run by Zeke all year. Season, yeah. Yeah. Witten back in the end zone, fast starts. I forgot. I mean, fixed. so much bad stuff happened. I forgot about the Zeke run. I was like, okay, that's if Zeke's doing that on mm-hmm. even a somewhat regular basis, nobody's going to complain about him ever again. Yep. He was breaking tackles. He looked fast. And then, you know, <laughs> nothing but bad stuff happened for a half hour. One big thing that we talked about a little earlier or mentioned a little earlier. The offensive line had some issues with Ed Oliver and uh, Dave, Xavier Suofilo, I think, was the culprit on the situation in the in on the play whether you had the, the strip sack. But um, Connor Williams, we find out this week has an ACL tear. He is done for the year, which means now Suofilo is going to be your full time guy. How concerned are you, or do you think he's more than capable to be able to handle that role for the rest of the season? Go ahead, Nick. I mean, you're I, the one who's the, been talking about. Yeah, Sofia. so feels better. I mean, I, I believe that he's a better player than Connor Williams. I believe that. I believe that exactly what they need. And if you and if you're gonna throw out that Connor, I mean, these Xavier Suafilo play, then make sure and show about 20 more from this year when Connor Williams does the same thing, if not worse. That they, they they're not perfect. Connor's not perfect at guard. Suafilo's not perfect at guard. That's the, is what. So do it you is. think you do you think you're better with Suafilo, or do you think you're about the same? Because it sounds like what you're saying there is they're about the same. They're both going to give a place. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But 77, that your all-pro left tackle, gives up plays. I mean, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin. But do you think they're better? Do you think they're better off with Suofilo than, than Connor Williams? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. I think, they, I think they can run the ball better with him. I, but it's a small sample size. We'll see. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I'll preface it by saying, like, they can survive with Xavier Suofilo. They did it last year. Uh, so I mean, it's, I don't think it's going to sink their offense, but and I don't know, and, and I, I don't, I'm not saying this to you like I'm, yeah. you know, I know, bashing you, but I, I think Connor's just an easy scapegoat because he's, you know, he's a project. He played tackle in college. He's the least drafted guy on the line. He, you know, the least amount of talent from a scouting standpoint. Uh, and and Tyron and Zach and these guys have been standards for offensive line excellence. So it's easy to point out what he's not. I don't think he's been terrible by any stretch of the imagination this season. Um, but I also don't think the drop off is going to be severe. Um, so that there, I mean, I think regardless of which one is in the lineup, it's the weak link of the offensive line. It just is what it is. Well, it always has. There's always that that guy. I mean, back in the day when they had three all uh, Pro Bowlers back in '07. Kyle Kozer was the weak mm-hmm. link, and he was pretty damn good. He was a good player, yeah. Yeah, so, pretty I mean, it, it happens. Mark Colombo was also the non-pro bowler there, just like— <laughs> People hated Doug Free for a long time, yeah. Oh, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I, I I think that he'll he'll do better. I really do. I think he'll be he'll be fine, um, you know, have all week to prepare, went in there. Yeah, he, he prides himself on being prepared, and he certainly wasn't those first two plays. You're standing there without a helmet on. Next thing you know, you're making a tackle because you— you know, got drove back there. Now, if you listen to the broadcast, Romo, which I don't know, does Romo really critical of Dak a lot? But he he was on that play. He was like, you got to get rid of the ball. 
step up and get rid of the ball. Either way, he was getting drove all the way back. Yeah, so that's I think, not I mean, a good thing. Was that's that the play where he also had like two or three guys underneath who were open? And he, because oh. there was a play I, I saw on Twitter, somebody was pointing out, and I don't remember if it was that play, but it was like they, the point they were making was there are options underneath. Sometimes you take the option underneath because you don't have to to wait for the other play, especially when you're in situations where you're under a bit of duress. Yeah, the strip I, sack. Yeah, he stood. I mean, it felt like six seconds, and it probably wasn't, but. That's, I mean, Xavier got driven back. There's no question, but he held that ball for a long, long time. And he was asked that question. So, Philo was, do you think that Dak held the ball for too long? And he said, um, I don't know how long he held it, but our goal is to make sure he can hold it for a minute. Okay. So, <laughs> lofty goals. I mean, I like no, but I mean, just saying it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah right. Block yeah. Until, he, say, until the whistle yeah, until blows. Until it's gone. So, yeah. Find an offensive lineman who's ever going to say that right. anyway. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I did yeah. My job. Oh, Jesus, Dak, <laughs> throw the ball. I actually stopped and turned around and looked at him like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> any funny. day now, throw it. <laughs> you know, I know all of these offensive linemen are struggling with some kind of injury and stuff, but one of the things that concerns me is can Xavier go ahead and play the rest of the season healthy and be healthy because he has a past with where he has been dealing with injuries on his knees and that's something that is just not going to go away and I, I can't remember how many games he's able he's been able to play back to back fully healthy savior yeah i don't know but it, it doesn't feel like it's been more than two or so where well, he's like he played all eight games last year but i don't know if you're if he was banged up i mean it's kind of like when's the last time tyron was healthy his rookie year i mean like he still plays oh, wow. but he played in the last eight games of the of the season they did get poked in the eye yeah mm-hmm. missed the game so, or, so what are their options at this point if let's assume for a second either if he's not healthy or if he's not playing well does joe looney become an option what are their other options here i asked jason so, Garrett about um, that go ahead well i asked caleb Oh well, sorry. They did sign Caleb Benanock. Um, he's uh, he's been a knock. <laughs> been around. He has been around. Well, he's a fifth round pick by the Bucks. He started for them for several years. Uh, he spent short stints with New England and Carolina this year, mm-hmm. and but short stints like he <laughs> like, wasn't there. Oh anymore. yeah, he started. Let's get him in here. Yeah, yeah. Um, get him out of here. That's, <laughs> that's what happened. They like his they like his versatility to do both. I mean, so I mean, he's he's that new Adam Redmond if I had to guess. Yeah. Um I asked Garrett today about Looney. Like we never talk about Joe as an option at left guard and it was a very Jason Garrett response. He was like, you know, he's a good player. We like him better as a center, and we think Xavier can handle that. So okay. if Joe Looney were to get time at left guard, it says a lot about how poorly they think Xavier Suvafilo is playing, basically. Right. Like, I think that would only be a break glass in it's, case of emergency thing. But in Connor, the event, Connor McGovern, like... Jason Garrett also, he said last week, uh, they haven't closed the book on him coming back, but he's not ready. And if you can just do a rudimentary level of math, you realize that the season's running out. Like, yeah. if you activate a guy off IR, he gets three weeks before you have to put him on the 53. That means he would have to start practicing yeah. Next week, he hasn't most done anything all They're, year. Like, yeah. he's like, he'll come in and be better nothing. than somebody it, else. No, yeah. it's very, it's admirable that Jason Garrett doesn't want to close the book on that. But like, I can't imagine Connor McGovern can do a lot to help you with this. He's game. never played in a preseason game. He's right? ne- he hasn't. I think he's taken OTA snaps in shorts. He's never. He has not put on pads in the NFL. Well, yet. he did practice for like one day here at the start, and then got 
re-aggravated it. Right. Remember, so... It, but I, but that was OTAs, right? Which isn't no, even fully padded. No, remember, like, at the, at the end of training camp, oh, training camp he did practice, right. he comes right. back, and then... You're right. They hate when that happens, but it I happened. mean, he's... He, it doesn't mean that his career's like a wash or anything, but he, that's, he's a 2020 guy. That's he's played, and he's just a little bit less than Tristan Hill. That's, that's just fair. <laughs> that's just a fact. Uh, that's what it is. Don't okay? get Dave Yeah, started. I know Juan Thornhill. <laughs> Don't get Dave I know started. Juan Thornhill got an interception for a touchdown. Everybody got tweeted about it, right? <laughs> you Every- don't, well, like, don't, it's, I'm not mad about it. You're like, it. don't at me. <laughs> it is, which, you know, draft classes are about so much more than one season, but it's completely fair to say, Man, like for a team that's trying to get over the hump, you're not getting anything from your rookie class. Which, like, look all around the league. Like, if good teams get production from their rookies, I mean, and not just teams drafting at the top of the round either. Like, and, and they're just not. And, and a team where they need it, they've been needing the, forever the safety that could come in and actually make plays for them. Right. And that's the part that bothers. Tony me. Pollard is the only member of this draft class that has made a tangible contribution to the season. Mm. That's just not. Yeah. That's not going to get it done. You know, in the NFL. when Taco's not doing anything for you, but Demarcus well, Lawrence he did is do something. For well, he did yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, he made a play. <laughs> he helped but, you. But when Demarcus Lawrence is playing well, then that's you like, okay, well, why is Taco not playing? Well, that's one reason. Yeah. But when Tristan Hill's not playing, and you have to go out and make a trade so you can get a help with Michael Bennett, and they're still not playing well in the middle, and you know he, what he made a tackle the other day, like Antoine Woods is out and he made a play, but. The tackles position is really hurting this team right now because the, the guy's getting all day to just sit there and and the end, and they step up and there's they shouldn't have anything to step up to but they do. I bet I can I can go through the playoff chase and look at every team and think about contributions that their rookies are making and like Nick Bosa's easy obviously mm-hmm. but like you know DK Metcalf is is coming on for mm-hmm. Seattle and uh, Juan Thornhill's pretty damn good as it turns out Taylor Rapp also had a pick six yesterday which is another safety they considered so um, it's a bummer it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that they're definitely well, some busts, people probably say Pollard is that for the Cowboys no I don't think they've used him enough it, but, no yeah that's you know. not nearly a big enough when you think about what rookies have done for this team in the recent past that doesn't even register on the radar yep all right we're gonna take our final break we will come back we're gonna get a quick scouting report on the Chicago offense we're gonna chain turn the page now start looking at this Bears team we'll do that when we come right back this is DallasCowboys.com radio Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And OtterBox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce grab. Check out all the colors and sizes of their Elevation tumblers at OtterBox.com. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this... Ready, blue, 20, 
<laughs> Download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Hey, Cowboys Nation, this season when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory because if the Cowboys win, the next day, Dunkin' is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys' success from the sidelines. Head to Dunkin' and treat yourself to real victory because this season, Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day, too, with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Dunkin'. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Back to the break. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Dave. Oh, before we get to Dave, Nick, can you tell us a little something over here? Yeah. NFL Next 100. Your kid could appear in the Super Bowl commercial. The NFL is looking for the next generation of superstars to enter and create a video that highlights your kid's awesome football moves. All videos must be entered by December the 5th. That's like a couple days, so yeah. get on Quick. that. To Quick. enter, for more information, visit NFLNext100.com. Really cool thing the NFL is doing. So basically, if your kid plays football and has some really impressive video that you've taken of them, send it to the league. The league will pick. I think they're going to pick a kid from every NFL team, and they're going to create a commercial uh, for the Super Bowl where those kids will be in that commercial. Really cool opportunity for kids, obviously. Uh, but if you got a kid, send it in. Let's see what happens. All right, uh, Dave, let's talk about the Chicago Bears. Give me a quick scouting report. We oh, got about that? 11 minutes. Oh, yeah. Give me a quick scouting report on the uh, – yeah, it is Thursday. It's Wednesday. On the uh, – Chica- Wednesday, I'm sorry. Chicago Bear offense. No. Is no, it, it is Thursday. Thursday. Oh, yeah, it is wow, Thursday. I'm an idiot. You're right. It <laughs> we is. leave I'm all Wednesday. Out of, I'm all out of sorts. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to uh, – I'm not a superstitious person. I think I've made that clear. But I'm yeah. going to try – I'm going to try the other way this time. I'm just going to say – this Bears offense, holy cow, are they good. Holy cow, do they have a lot of weapons. I don't know how the Cowboys could possibly stop them all. They're so good. The quarterback. Man, Mitch Trubisky, Pro Bowl. Allen Robinson, one of the best deep threat receivers in the league. He's pretty good. Tariq Cohen, mismatched. Can line up in the slot, can play running back. The Cowboys cannot stop these guys. They are amazing. All right, I'm being sarcastic. Uh, I didn't have a very high opinion of the Bills. Every time I don't have a high opinion of an opponent, they come back and kick some ass. So, you know, maybe a little bit of reverse psychology works. But <laughs> the Bears, the Bears are—they are going through it on offense. They are struggling. They're 29th in the league. They're 27th in scoring. They—they they don't really do anything well. And I didn't—I mean, I'm serious. I—I I, I didn't have a ton. I didn't have a ton of time to deep dive on this like I normally do. But I mean, if you followed the season at all, I don't think you should be surprised by that. Uh, Trubisky is just apps. I feel bad for the guy. Honestly, he's. He is a lightning rod for for everything that is wrong with the Bears. Probably because you know the two quarterbacks drafted after him are looking like the future of the NFL, and and he's just not. Uh, Who's he, the other one? Mahomes and who? Watson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good too. Yeah. Um, Bad decisions. They you know they drafted David Montgomery out of Iowa State. Tariq Cohen is one of the most fun gadget players in the league, but. They don't even really run the ball well. They're running, you know, three and a half yards per carry. Trubisky, 6.1 yards per attempt on the season, which is less than Tom Brady. And we spent a lot of time talking about how Brady's lost it and can't go downfield with these receivers. Uh, he did play really well against Detroit. Uh, 29 of 38 for 338 and three touchdowns. I have a stat on that for my uh, storylines that Derek uh, neglected. But uh, oh, we're going to do it tomorrow. You going to oh. go ahead and give it away? 
Well, yeah, I mean, go ahead. I mean, the story, it's all on the website for the world yesterday. Anyway, 17 of 19 on first down. Damn. I mean, like, he was against the, against the uh, Lions. His two best games this year have been against the Lions. I'm very, I'm very. Dak had a big game against the Lions. True. Oh yeah, I thought about that immediately, and on, I'm, I'm frustrated with NFL Game Pass because the All 22 for the Lions game is not up, even though it was played on Thanksgiving. That seems ridiculous to me. So I couldn't watch it, at least not from that angle. Um, but Trubisky, I, you know, it, it, it seems so much like he just struggles to see the field. A lot of locking on to receivers, a lot of throwing it to what I assume is his first read, regardless of how good the coverage is. Had a terrible pick against the Giants where he, again, like nothing suggested that the play was open, and he was like, well, this is, this is what the read tells me that I'm supposed to do. And, again, you just kind of see that. You see, like he locks on to stuff even before the snap. Um one thing that really stood out to me is again, like Tariq Cohen is—he's so exciting, he's so fast and and quick. He's caught fifty-four passes this they year. They don't really run. He's a receiver, at this right? Point. But yeah. fifty-four passes. How many yards would you guess he has? Man, less. I mean, less than ten. Of- Pop probably probably like four hundred. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking even maybe. I've had one fantasy for terrible. Yeah, Whoa. I'm thinking like about three fifty. Fifty-four catches for three hundred yards. Ooh, that's awful. Yeah, that, that that's like. Clearly, you understand that he's a priority, but there's no creativity or or Trubisky can't do it one way or the other. A lot of screen passes that don't go anywhere, a lot of routes to the flat that get like one or two yards. Like that's I could have sworn I wrote it down, but that's an average of like four point eight per catch, which is awful for anybody, let alone a guy who's as quick as he is. And you would think he can make people miss. So granted, you know, the Cowboys struggle with that sometimes. And Devin Singletary. He was a problem, yeah. just like we thought he'd be. Um, so that's something to watch. Um, their line, it's okay. It's not terrible. It's not great. Um, it's funny. As somebody that does the draft show, the Bears have picked early a lot the last few years because last year was really their first good season in a while. Like they got, they got a lot of talent. I mean, we mentioned Cohen. Anthony Miller is a guy that we loved coming out. Um, slot receiver out of Memphis. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really do a lot because they're not. Dynamic passing offense. Uh, James Daniels, good left guard out of Iowa. Cody Whitehair, another guy that we really love. Their center, like the talent. Center, yeah. He well, he when he tackle at Kansas State, I think he was a guard. He could, but he he's a he's like a four or five position type of guy. He's a good player. Um, hmm. What else do I think? Um, so here's my question: Allen Robinson's a super underrated player. He's he a is. good. I mean, he's a good downfield player. The problem is Mitch Trubisky's his quarterback. So, so thinking about all things you just said, let's assume for a second that this offense has a day. They just have a day that's Which, uncommon. Sure, they could. What Everybody the, else does what after the, I say they're bad. Right. What are the pieces of this offense that can really hurt the Cowboys? I'll, I mean, like, for the however many times and however many weeks, like, the, the running backs scare me. Not because the Bears are great at running the ball, but this team has struggled at times with defending the run. They definitely struggle at times with tackling. You know, yards after contact are big for them. Quarterback with his and, legs. And, and Trubisky is an athlete. There is no yeah. doubt about that. So if I were them, like the weather's not going to be terrible, but it's going to be 30-something degrees. Like, cold. Yeah. I would How le- have not crazy cold. I yeah. would lean into that. Yeah. Give me some of that run option. I mean, you know, Josh Allen, he didn't kill him the same way that Jeff Driscoll did, but he scored from 17 yards out and made it look easy. Have those wins been at home or – 
You guys never cease to ask a question that I didn't <laughs> think about. I swear to God. I'm like, all right, here we go. Sorry. Uh, well, they won in Detroit last week, so not exclusively. I want to say, honestly, that they're not good at home. Let's look. They're probably three and three. They're three and three at home and on the road. Boom. Yeah. Oh, so they're mediocre. So they're equally mediocre on <laughs> cool. the road as they are at home. I thought about that, actually. I was like, well, the Cowboys just, they don't win on the road. But they're, what, they're three and three on the road, aren't they? Yes, they beat. They lost to the Pats. They beat mm-hmm. the Lions. They beat the Redskins. They beat a, the. I have a question for Giants. Kyle. Actually, okay. yeah, go Kyle. Kyle. Okay, <laughs> the Josh Allen fumble that he picked it up and got a yard and got a first down. That really was the play of the whole game. Yeah, you have that play. I do. I wonder Run how that. far it gets cut off because I don't know. No, I haven't said this to anyone. They lost. Okay, Cowboys lost. No excuses. They're going to lose anyway. They weren't the better team. The worst, but the worst late hit you've ever seen happens on that play. Here you go. Two angles at it. Where? Okay. Byron Jones. Stay on Byron Jones. How is that not a penalty? Mm. You see that? Yeah. There's looks, in. Like, I mean, the guy's on the ground. He's about to get up and start. I mean, it doesn't matter, but, I mean, seems kind of late for Byron Jones. He's here. He's down. Yeah. Uh, right that there. was late. I mean, that's, what, uh, that's what Jerry Hughes got flagged for later in the game when yeah. Dak trucked. Tredavious White. Oh, yeah, and that was not even a penalty. That Jack was... trucked White, and Hughes kind of jumped on top at the end and got flagged for so it. I just, it just looked kind of weird to me. I was watching it. I know. And especially the way they called that in the game. The Bills got flagged for a couple that were kind of questionable, but they didn't obviously didn't call for that one. Doesn't matter. I'm just good. Good job, Kyle, for having that. That's my best. I That's the closest I've looked at in the last couple of days. Like People are killing Jalen Smith on that play for not seeing what was going on. That play? Oh. Yeah. How Which, about Christian Covington? I was going to say, Christian Covington is yeah. the one you got to look like. I don't you're under- on top of the ball. Why I not cover it up? I don't understand how that happened. Season. I mean, that that is what the Cowboys – you you get a fumble that you didn't even force, but you get a fumble. It's on the ground. It doesn't even matter who gets it. I mean, if the Bills get it, great. It doesn't matter. It's fourth down. But no, not only does he get it – he picks it up and gets a first down, and and then <laughs> then they, the next play is this reverse pitch pass that Dallas could never do, but the Bills do it to the guys wide open. Could they ever get a play like this? I mean, pitch. Oh, this I mean, is, they I got mean, a guy that plays receiver that used to play quarterback. I mean, I would think maybe you I could mean, do something like Dez that. Dez did that once. Dez and Witten did that. That's. I mean, the Cowboys have a lot of problems, but their inability to run a reverse wide receiver pass. I don't know. I mean, it was a great play call but, by the but, Bills, but they but, run things like that, and yeah. it just gets stuffed for like four yards. Yeah. Oh, that, every time they try something yeah. fun like that, it never works. Yeah. yeah. My big thing going back to the fumble play is, yeah, I mean. I'm stealing it right from you. Like, they're not clutch. They don't have a killer instinct that, like, the quarterback puts the ball on the ground on fourth and inches, and at least one, if not two guys, have a shot at it. And all of a sudden, Josh Allen's, you know, celebrating six yards downfield somehow. I thought that was, that was no doubt the play of the game because they had Dak had thrown a pick. They stop him on defense, mm-hmm. miss a field goal. Then Dak fumbles the ball. They were about to stop them again. It's like, okay, we just gave you two presents right. under the tree, and you gave them back to us. And it's like, okay, well, like we're going to go win this game. It's still 7-7. But that fumble, and then they score, and then it went And down. it seemed like it changed the whole momentum of the game. Yeah. Like After that is when it just seemed to go downhill all the oh, way. That missed field goal before the half was yeah. just like, oh, okay, here's Ellie Golding. You know, like it, it, it was a really bad no, time yeah. for the halftime show, yeah. and everybody yeah. was like, I've oh, never – the mood – 
the mood permeating that whole building was as bad as I can remember it being. Mm-hmm. The only time it's been worse was when they closed out Texas Stadium after getting routed by the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. in the rain, and they're having it's a cold. Yeah, it's cold and rainy, and you're having a celebration of this building that's now going to go away, and fans are just like, "I'm over it. I'm so done with it." <laughs> yeah. It's- that's how. That's the. That's the mood I get. Hey, which you know, we're turning the page to Chicago, but, but I don't yeah. think a lot of people are ready to let that mood go. But just there's yet. a reason yeah. why those two things, and, and and they they are the same. That year, 2008. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, coming off of the 2007 season, mm-hmm. they're going to win the Super Bowl. They started out three and zero. Interesting. And then all of a sudden, the bottom dropped. And that's what this season has been. You started off three and zero. You have high expectations. And then these losses are just like unexplainable. Yep. But they're going to win this next four games. Is that right? I mean, they That's... were very adamant after the game, you know, the way that we're speaking. It was speaking. unbelievable. <laughs> after the game was unbelievable. No, you're right. I, was, Which, spirit, I think we all were shocked. Yeah. I think we all were expecting fire and brimstone, and it was just the opposite. We're going to mm-hmm. go run the table. Like, okay. That's, I, I mean, I guess, we, I mean, we're out of time anyway, but we didn't really get into the whole you know, basically the media trying to convince Jerry Jones that he was going to fire Jason Garrett right there on the and spot. And he's like, huh? He's what? like, what are really? you? No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm about to go run this, you know, run yes. the table. Dak said, we still control our own destiny. I'm like, well, you know, at any point, if you want to grab the wheel and, and, <laughs> and get it out of the ditch, would be great. I don't know. We're how. all kind of just sitting here yeah. right now. Nobody's actually grabbing this wheel. The car's just kind of going. Jesus, take the wheel. Really? <laughs> Appreciate you guys joining us. Yeah. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll wrap up this whole thing, Cowboys song. versus Bears. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?